The Soccer Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. You are listening to Bet Comedy here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Obviously, you're listening to Bet MUFC, another fucking shit show that we need to talk about from last Saturday. You can follow Bet MUFC on X at Bet MUFC. That's at Bet MUFC. I've somewhat abandoned that account this season, but I really should be using it to rant and rave about exactly what I think 
I do have this podcast to do so, and that's exactly what I'm going to do shortly. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on X at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. Sports Gambling Podcast Network is at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network or at Gambling Podcast. And finally, you could also follow my other X account. That's where I post my monthly profit and loss spreadsheet and give out free plays. That one is at X. That's at X. My record is 126 months in a row of Transparent and Track Profit. It's Transparent and Track because I post my spreadsheet on the X account and on the website lockbetting.com where you can see all 126 months of, of Transparent and Track Profit. 126 months means I've been undefeated in sports betting for over a decade. 10 years and 6 months undefeated every single month. Had losing days, had losing weeks. I've just never had a full losing month, meaning my clients have made money for 126 months. The spreadsheets all tracked and transparent. When you have a look at them, you'll see not only do they lead to a winning month but they also manage a bankroll sensibly we don't do two unit plays after we use one unit plays we don't do five unit plays 10 unit plays 20 unit plays 25 unit plays whale plays max plays play of the year plays whatever other terminology these monopoly money twats use on the twitter what twitterverse or xverse or whatever we call it now on social media I don't do any of that. I just do sensible staking. And it has led to me being undefeated for 126 months. And given the start to December, 127 months in a row is on its way. Well, now we have to talk about Man United and that performance against Bournemouth. I saw it coming. I did talk about it on the show. I was reluctant to take United to win. I said, the only shoe in here is that we're going to concede. And we should be able to contribute towards the scoring ourselves, of course, uh, because I did think we would get the over two and a half goals as the as the play. And we did. Um, obviously, there's been a reluctance on my part to take United throughout this season, especially after the start we've made to it. And um, over two and a half goals and BTTS has been cashing on a regular basis. But United couldn't even make a contribution here. It was Bournemouth that made three. Should have been four because that disallowed goal is absolutely fine. And on the balance of chances, we should have been beaten at home to fucking Bournemouth from the seaside by about seven or eight goals. These are clear-cut chances. It's United that are making panicky tackles. It's United that are clearing shit off the line. It's United that are being carved open in three and three and four and four situations. It was Bournemouth who should have come away and we're unlucky not to come away from Old Trafford with a seven or eight goal win. We were that fucking shit. The problem that I have is how do you beat Chelsea in a game where you statistically dominate a team that went toe-to-toe with City and then in your next game put forth this performance where you are handed a dick in by Bournemouth? It doesn't make any sense at all. Who do you point to? Do you you point to the manager again? I keep hearing this. That's it for Ten Hag. That's it for Eric Ten Hag, the fucking manager of the month. I'm sorry, you don't get that if you are the single single problem at the club now I understand that Man United had a very nice run-in that's how you get Ten Hag as manager of the month he's not manager of the month and that's how you get Maguire as the player of the month he's not player of the month the only award we deserved was goal of the month for Garnacho, and that's going to win goal of the season of course but um, it was probably not right that he did get that award but stats are stats and records are records and you can only beat who's in front of you and Man United did beat some some easy teams and Bournemouth should have been another one now begins a murderer's row of games where we need to play against Bayern Munich and we need to play against Liverpool and we need to go to West Ham and we need to play at home to Aston Villa. 
We could lose all four of those fucking games and then Eric Ten Hag doesn't start 2024 as the Man United manager and these idiots on social media get their wish. But first of all, there's two questions. Who do you want to come in? Who's the manager that you want to replace Eric Ten Hag? And the second question is a, is a question with multiple parts. Is Louis van Gaal a shit manager? Is Jose Mourinho a shit manager? Because they couldn't get anything out of not this group of players, but another group of players before that and another group of players before that. And now we have this new group of players where Ole Gunnar Solskjaer failed. Um, we saw um, Ralph Ragnick fail with them as well. And now we're seeing Eric Ten Hag, who did get performances out of them last season and got them to third and won a trophy and got to the final of the FA Cup. We saw him get performances out of them. And now everybody wants him gone as well after a poor, very poor start to the season, shall we say. So what's the solution? Do we keep firing managers? Was Mourinho shit? Was Van Gaal shit? Was Solskjaer shit? Was Rangnick shit? Were all of these people... Um, passed their best and didn't know what they were doing and there is an answer out there that is the right manager who can come into United because it should have been this guy, right? It should have been this guy who was a younger manager who came from Ajax, who played the Ajax way of football and knocked Real Madrid and Juventus out of the Champions League and was robbed of playing in a Champions League final because Ajax absolutely bossed Tottenham for two legs and somehow didn't end up playing against Liverpool. He then had all his players stolen off him because they were all sold. When you look at the likes of um, Frankie de Jong, when you look at the likes of Matthias de Litt, all of these players were stripped away. And then he found a new group of players who were able to do it all over again and were able to dominate Dutch football. And you could turn around and say, well, that's a piece of piss. Well, if it's so easy, why don't you go on Google and have a look at the league table now and tell me where Ajax are? Because it's not that easy. You do need to be able to have something about you to be able to do it. Not only to win the league, but to do it in the stylistic way. He was brought in here for a style of football and he was brought in here as a modern day manager, not someone from the past, not a relic from the past, which is something that you can label with Van Gaal and Mourinho. But he was a modern day manager and he's getting the same shitty results, at least this season, as everybody else. So it cannot be his fault. Do I look at the players? Do I look at the, the, the games and see a style of football? No. Do I see a disorganised group of players running around? Yes. Do I like any of these players? And do I think anybody is someone who I would particularly want on my back on a Man United shirt when I'm walking around in public? No, I don't. But it does come down to the players and it does come down to the last group of players and it comes down to the group of players before that. There is something fundamentally wrong at this club. There is something wrong here. Why There has to be a reason why Newcastle can employ Eddie Howe and do what they did immediately. There has to be a reason why Brighton can just continue to sell players and can continue to put new players into the team and do well. There has to be a reason why Tottenham who are also, in my opinion, quite a toxic club, who I don't ever see winning anything with, with, the, with the current ownership. But even they have got themselves a bounce from Ange Postacoglu. Now, we had that bounce last year. So it'd be interesting to see what situation Tottenham are in um, at this point next season. Because, as I said, I do think they are a toxic club. I do think there are internal issues there with Tottenham as well. So I think they could go in the same direction. But I don't care about Tottenham. This isn't bet Tottenham. This is bet MUFC. And I'm fucking sick of this shit. And 
I don't know if there's going to be a typical bounce back from Man United now when we look at this row, this murderer's row of fixtures. I think the worst thing that could have happened to Man United was Bayern Munich getting pumped at the weekend because now they're in a bounce back situation. Now they're embarrassed and they're hurt. So whereas we might not have seen Leroy Sane and Harry Kane and others take into the pitch today or tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to this, um, I think today you're going to have a Bayern Munich team that simply on principle aren't playing for back-to-back defeats. So this could get ugly for United. Obviously, the the, um, the Merseyside derby could get ugly on Saturday, uh, on Sunday. Uh, Bruno Fernandes not in that game. A lot of speculation as to whether he got booked on purpose because last year he got absolutely schooled in that game. Um, probably a mental accusation to, to level at a player like Bruno, but definitely a possibility. So... We're going to move on to talking about the Bayern game and the possibility of United even qualifying or for, for, for the Europa League and staying in Europe because I think they could be entirely out of Europe tonight. That's the most likely outcome. Before we do that, let me take a pause to tell you guys about Underdog Fantasy as they have always play alongside your favourite fantasy players all season long with NFL, NBA, NHL and college basketball and college football as well. See you pick higher or lower on your favourite players' fantasy stats and cash in. So watch along, make your picks and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, Underdog Fantasy. Com. When you sign up with that promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit of up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy and the promo code SGPN. Let me also utilize this pause to tell you guys about Hall of Fame Bets, where you can stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hrfbets.com and use the code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching and start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Hi, Eric. Um, so- you're obviously not in a great position going into your final group game. What what would the feeling around this club be if you can't qualify out of this group? Oh, I I don't know. <laughs> what I know is I never think in scenario a negative scenario. I think uh, we think positive, and so uh, uh, we know what to do. We have to win to stay in Europe. So it's all about that. So uh, we will prepare the team. Uh, with that feeling and with that belief uh, that we are able to do it and I think we have shown in the last weeks uh, when we are on our best and then we we can do it. And Scott, the manager's mentioned about being at your best. You played well against Chelsea, you clearly didn't play well at Newcastle, didn't play well against Bournemouth. Why is there such a big difference between the performances of the team? Yeah, obviously we know that. We know the inconsistencies which we have had. We're not naive to that. And um, I feel like for us, we spoke about it as a group with the coaching staff. And for us, the schedule is relentless and we can't blame it on, on the backlog of fixtures and stuff like that. But for us, we have to come together as a group and figure out the reason why we are slightly inconsistent at this moment in time. But um, as you say, the boys are honestly doing everything that they can do to, to contribute and give the best whenever they approach the pitch. Hi, Eric. Um, Going into this season, going into the Champions League on the back of last season, what were your ambitions for the competition? Obviously, not to go out in the group stages, but did you believe you could go far in this competition, win the competition? Um, First, I I, I don't think about winning the competition when when you start the season. It's first getting a position that you can win. And so now we have still the opportunity. Uh, It's not anymore in our hands, but we want to stay in Europe and therefore we know what to do. We have to win and to stay in Europe. 
we'll leave it there because they're just dumb fuck questions throughout. Oh, Eric, when you got into the Champions League, what did you want to do in the Champions League? Did you think you could win it? Did you want to try and win it? No, I thought we would just play the games and see what happened. And realistically, I wanted to get out of the group, but then I thought we would go out in the next round. Is that going to be his answer? You fucking tit. Like, have you ever heard a manager answer a question like that? Why? So why ask it? I don't understand the people that they let into these press conferences. It's just a massive collection of morons. And it's very rare that we get anything that's really great to put on the show, unfortunately. But we move on. Um, Up next, we'll look at the games. We'll start with Copenhagen and Galatasaray, where the scenario is clear. Um, If anybody wins this game, Man United are out of the Champions League because they both start above us. So we need a draw specifically in this game. That was really understated in that whole press conference, how it's all this talk is about United doing what they need to do and United will be prepared to win. It's a must-win game. And obviously, yeah, that sells the game and gets people to have more of an interest in it via via TV uh, coverage, whatnot, whatever, and the media. But we need a draw in this game. And as you guys know from betting, the draw is always priced up as the highest outcome in any match. Um, so it's not very likely that we're going to get that favour, but there is a real possibility of a draw in this game because if you look at the odds, both teams are priced up at 6-4 to four to win it and the draw is at 11-4, obviously the bigger price, but they've already played out a draw and this is going to be a game where both teams go for it. If one team goes ahead, then the other team are going to go for it. So if Galatasaray take the lead... Copenhagen are going to be in a position where they chase the game. If Galatasaray take the lead, Copenhagen are going to chase the game as well. Galatasaray start behind Copenhagen in the group. That is on goal difference because the first game between them is a draw. Galatasaray can't overturn the goal difference without winning this game. So this is a must-win game for Galatasaray. And that is a situation that can lend itself to a draw. If Man United score in their first five minutes in the game against Bayern Munich, let's say, and let's say the other game's still nil-nil. Temporarily, the table will show that Man United are on seven points and these two teams are stuck on six points. So it's not impossible. It's not mission impossible. What is impossible is if Man United play the way they played at the weekend and what will probably be impossible from the start is if Bayern Munich are looking here for a huge bounce back from their defeat against uh, Eidrich Frankfurt. And as I said, that's probably the worst thing that happened at United. Some idiots will be looking across at that and thinking, oh my God, we can beat them. They lost 5-1 to Frankfurt. No, they laid an egg. They didn't play the week before because their game was postponed. And obviously they were lethargic. And now they'll probably be coming here looking to make a statement in what was going to be a meaningless group game. Uh, Copenhagen benefited from Bayern Munich playing a pretty meaningless group game last time out and were able to get a vital point, which puts them in a position to qualify, which no one expected. But I don't think Man United are going to be afforded that luxury here at Old Trafford. So before we look at that game, let's have a look at what I think will happen in the the other game. I do think a draw is a real possibility, but I'm going to take Galatasaray in the draw no bet market here. I think they just find a way. I think Copenhagen have shown throughout this competition that they can't handle pressure. 
Um, they did come back to win 4-3 against Man United, but previously Galatasaray pegged them back from 2-0 up and they were also unable to hold on to a 1-0 lead against Bayern Munich. So here, I think Galatasaray will find a way to scrape through, but I'm going to protect myself by taking them as a pick here in the draw and I bet market because if it's a draw, we get a push and obviously if it's a draw, it's a great result for United because it means they just need to do their bit. Galatasaray have won 13 of their past 15 matches this season. And will come out all guns blazing to steal a place in the knockout phase. And I think their experience with the players that they have and the fact that Copenhagen have shown um, a nervousness in, in strong positions so far this season, I think Galatasaray will edge it. As for the, the other game, let's have a look at the odds here. Bayern Munich come to Old Trafford as the favourites to win it. Manchester United, despite the fact that they are the ones who need to win this game, and Galatasaray, uh, Bayern Munich rather, have absolutely nothing to play for. United are the 2-1 to one underdogs. It's 3-1 to one on the draw, and Bayern Munich here are the 5-4 to four favourites. I think when you look at the lineup Bayern Munich are going to put out, that's going to offer up some very, very strong value on Bayern Munich to come here and simply to beat Man United. How can I watch us play against Bournemouth at home and make any case for us to do anything here in this game? Both sides were humiliated at the weekend and United's loss, though, was more indicative of the bigger problems they had. Whilst Bayern Munich, they simply laid an egg. This is a team who dominate the group stages this season is one of the first times they're not going to have a 100% record and is, is the first time they're going to have a 100% record in the last three years but they still won four or five group games um, but I also think that Man United could contribute towards the scoring because what Bayern Munich don't do at the moment is keep clean sheets despite every summer constantly spending money on defenders I think Bayern Munich will win this game but I also think that we see at least three goals scored in it if you want to get away from Bayern Munich on the, 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 the money line, if you want to add to Bayern Munich on the money line price, you can take Bayern Munich and over two and a half goals, which gives you the price of 21 to 10. So over plus 200. Um, you can also take Bayern Munich to score at least two goals here. Bayern Munich's team total of over one and a half is only priced up at four to five minus 125. I'm making that my standout bet here for the show. Chelsea were dominated by Man United, but they were unlucky not to score two goals. Bournemouth scored three goals and they should have scored seven. Bayern Munich were hit for five against Eichuk Frankfurt and I think the big hit is start. I think there's absolutely no way United stopped them from scoring two goals. I'm going to take Bayern Munich to cover their team total of over one and a half as my main selection here. And essentially, I'm giving absolutely no chance to Man United being in the Champions League at the end of these games. We need to even we need to win this game to even get into the Europa League position. So there is no way for Matt. Well, there is a way. Uh, there is a mathematical way for Man United to qualify with a point. Our head-to-head record with Copenhagen is the same. And we go into this game with a minus two goal differential. Now, if Man United end up um, drawing with Bayern Munich and Copenhagen are beaten by two goals against Galatasaray... Man United can leapfrog Copenhagen with a draw. That's not a scenario that anyone's talking about, but doing my work here for the show, it was something that I realised. So maybe that could be the way. If Man United could play out a score draw with Bayern Munich and Copenhagen are beaten by two goals as they chase the game looking for an equaliser, an equaliser that will send them through. Perhaps Galatasaray can widen the gap, do Man United a favour, and ultimately that's the way we go through. But I think the biggest takeaway here is that it's fucking sad 
that we are even talking about these scenarios. It's sad. It's match day six. Man United looked at this draw and were happy with it. We were given Copenhagen. We were given Galatasaray. Yeah, we were given Bayern Munich. And yeah, we probably looked at that and said, we're going to lose those two games. But the fact that we haven't taken enough points, the fact that the other two teams are sitting on five points, and that's all we needed to be in a position to qualify here. We needed more than five points. And we've got four that is fucking embarrassing, the fact that we are doing this show and we are talking about what we've talked about on it. That's it for me in this edition of Better Me FC. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening.